know she is real as they come. Know she killed a hundred all day long. If you ain't got me honest, then she done. And we're back for another episode of the Honestly Helen podcast. Thank you for joining, and let's get right into it. Say what, say what, say what, is season four, is here. Now listen, will y'all just, you know, uh, let me rant and just have fun with this first episode because I feel like this episode is episode one of season four, baby. I kind of just want to, you know, be cute about it, do the damn thing. Is that okay with y'all? Okay, well, thank you so much. Let's get into the damn thing. Hello, hello. Okay, okay, listen. So, um, this is a little bit of a delayed season, and it wasn't intentional. I really did have all kinds of plans to have this start actually back in August. But then August happened, and August turned out to be a very busy month for me. If you've been keeping up with the shenanigans, you know your girl's been in weddings. I've had like four or five weddings this year. I had to move. I had to like get ready to move in August, but also prepare to move in August and then actually move towards the end of August, which still felt like the bulk of August. Um, so listen, a lot happened. And I said I wasn't going to stress myself out because I knew I, was, I knew I was going to have another season. And so I said, you know what, Helen Girl, what we're not going to do is stress ourselves out. What we're not going to do is act like we're on the timetable because ain't nobody paying me to do this. So I said, girl, we're going to do it when we do it. So we're doing it. Season four. Uh, you might notice that I got some background music going. I've, chair, listen, <laughs> listen, it's, it's been interesting. Can I say that? It has been interesting. Now, if you're noticing that I'm already talking, a guest has not been introduced. Because guess what? I really enjoy doing the episode by myself to close out season three. So I said, why not open season four by myself? Because guess what? It's the Honestly Helen podcast. Side note, a lot of people have actually told me they would like to hear more of just me and not so many guests. So this is, my, this is me taking a stab at that. So episode one of season four... I have titled Simple Things. Side, side notes, I am sipping on a gin and tonic, which actually, I'm going to just go ahead and jump into it. That's a perfect segue into the simple things of life. Now, when I first started drinking, I was drinking Hennessy and dark liquor. And then this year, actually, I really started getting into gin and tonics. I want to say actually late last year. Late last year is when I discovered gin and tonics. And something about a gin and tonic gets me fucked up, gets me feeling good, but I don't have a hangover. And I thought it was because it wasn't as much sugar as dark liquor or like, you know, when you make, normally when you drink dark liquor, you mix it. So then you're adding sugar with your mixer. So I thought gin and tonic was less sugary. Come to find out, friends, it's not. It's actually a pretty sugary drink. So I don't know... If my body just like gin and tonics because my body like gin and tonics. But I have been searching for the past eight years of my life since I've been drinking for a drink that I can order anywhere, everywhere. And I know I'm going to like it. And even if they make it like they fuck it up, I can still drink it. And that has become my gin and tonic. So while I'm also recording this episode with y'all, I am sipping on a gin and tonic I made by myself. So mind me, I'm going to take a little sip. <laughs> I'm gonna digress real quick. <laughs> One thing I've noticed about drinking, now that I've started drinking, you can feel when the liquor starts to move through your body. Like I can feel 
that is intoxicating my little blood vessels because I'm starting to feel my little buzz coming on. And before, I couldn't feel that. Also, I think to the gin and tonic being so simple, I can feel the alcohol. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anyways, simple things. It, it really came to me like this gin and tonic. I've just realized that a lot of things that bring me joy in life are what people consider the simple things in life. So we already talked about my gin and tonic. Also, if you don't know what a gin and tonic is, which I feel like would be surprising because most people that listen to my podcast are either my age or older. But anyways, it is gin and tonic water. That's all it is. Like, that's the magic. And I actually fucked up and bought some cranberry flavored gin. And um, it's not the best, but I just discovered I can put some bitters in it and it kind of lessens the cranberry taste so she good i'm gonna drink it and i'm probably gonna feel a little drunk because i already feel it in my stomach <laughs> anyways gin and tonic super simple it is my drink of choice i love it i love it i love it and right along with life and me enjoying the simple things what really sparked this idea for this to be an episode was actually when i moved so i moved to a new neighborhood and the neighborhood that i moved in isn't as polished isn't as um, put together as my old apartment excuse me and so we had a little issues you know we had some things that we had to get together and one of those things was my parking space story time moved in landlady property owner I think she's really a property owner couldn't find my keys like she couldn't even find the keys to my dope and I was like mm, this this is not a good feeling but I'm very adaptable I'm flexible I work with you if you can work with me and also I really did learn from my mom how not to treat people when I'm frustrated. So whenever I see something that's not going my way, my first instinct is to give people their space to figure it out before I go down the neck. Because maybe there's some information I don't know. And in that point or in that situation, she actually, my property manager did let me know that the previous property manager was very disorganized. And so a lot of things she had to figure out. So I'm like, okay, whatever, girl. I just, you know, as long as you find my key, you know, I really don't care how you get the key as long as I get it. She find my key. She has to get me a new mailbox key. I'm not tripping too much on the mailbox key because I don't really change my address for my dad's address. But also, like, strike two, girl. Like, damn, you and Key's just not best of friends. But what was the big tickler or the big, uh, you know, little obstacle I had to overcome was my parking spot. So, I actually signed my lease for my new apartment in August, mid-August for September 1st move-in date right so mind you i'm in an apartment my old apartment and i've already paid rent for my new apartment so i have two weeks to get my stuff out of my old apartment to my new place so when she tells me i'm parking i go in and i'm just checking it as i'm coming through daily to drop my stuff off to unpack slowly so that way the day i move it's not this big ass hassle you know what i'm saying but i've been checking and my parking spot has not been empty like it's been occupied so i text her i shoot her a text and this is like a week before I actually have to move in. And I, I still, I'm seeing this person in my parking spot. And mind you, I'm going back to the mailbox key situation. I'm like, okay, now I know she told me that they disorganized. So she's not going to be able to find my keys. So now maybe she gave me the wrong parking spot. So two things going on in my head. One, I can't be a bitch to whoever's parking in the spot because it might not even be my spot. Two, it might not even be my spot. 
So I really am having to work with the property manager to figure this shit out because one thing we're not going to do is step on nobody's toes in a new apartment because, again, it's not as polished or as put together as my last neighborhood. So I feel like people out here is ready to get down with the get down. And I don't want my tires slashed or towed. So I was not finna, I was not finna do all that. Like, and also I work from home. So in my mind, it's an issue, but it's not a big issue. So fast forward to um, two days before I move in, there's a car parked in my spot. And at this point, she had given me a different parking spot. And she's like, this is your parking spot. So you should have no problems. So I'm like, Okay, I don't know if she has told whoever has been in this parking spot to move. Mind you, I gave baby a motherfucking uh, picture of the car. So she had the license plate. I don't know if she had talked to them. I don't know if they was ignoring her. I don't know what the case was. But two nights before I had to move in here, I was like, you know what, Helen? At least I just want to know if they know that this is not their parking spot. So I said the only way we can know is if I let them know if she hasn't. So one night after dropping off my stuff you know, unpacking a little bit, I wrote a little sticky note. And I was like, hey, neighbor, um, I'm moving here at the end of the week and I have been assigned this parking spot. I hope you understand. And I put it on their windshield. Like, I tucked underneath their windshield so they would know it was me. And I signed my name because, I, you know, I wrote it. So, anyways, I'm thinking, okay, cool. They're going to see it. They're going to be like, oh, okay, somebody must have moved in here. Um, This day spot, I'm going to leave. Or they're going to be like, fuck you, bitch. This is my parking spot. You need to figure this shit out with your property manager. So the next day, the next morning, I come by again because, again, I'm moving in slowly. I'm getting the last bit of the small things moved in. The car is not parked there in the morning. So I'm like, okay, cool. They obviously saw the note, and either they went to work, they had an errand to run, but they saw the note because the car wasn't there, so they had to come to their car. Something and everything is, 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 you know, cute, calm, cool, collected. I come back the next day, so literally one night before I have to move into this new apartment. And they park there. They in my motherfucking parking spot. Let me take a sip. Let me just take a sip because I'm getting flashbacks. Mm, mm. This cranberry is really fucking me up with this gin. But I got to power through because I got a whole fucking bottle of it. So we want to... Oh, Jesus. Mm. So they parked in my parking spot, right? Now again, I work from home. So I'm not tripping too much. But I'm irritated. Because now you have looked at my sticky note, you have done your business, and then you took your ass and parked right back in that parking spot the next night. Like, ugh. So at this point, I'm thinking my property owner has given me the wrong information. Like, obviously, this is not my parking spot. So I text her, I'm like, hey, they are still in my parking spot. I'm okay with parking on the street, but you need to figure this out. Also, rent's about to be due. I'm not going to pay all this rent. Without a parking spot. Mind you, I didn't say all that. I just told her, like, hey, this car is in my spot. We need to figure it out because I am i don't want to be parking on the street this whole time I'm living here. Anyways, fast forward. The very next day, she texted me back and she was like, no, this parking spot is definitely yours. I'm going to be by there today. Let me know if you have any issues. So I'm like, perfect. You've officially said it. I got it in text. So if I got to act funny with somebody, I got text. Because at this point, I'm going to tell your ass. Because now I have verbal... I've written notice that this is my parking spot. They wasn't there. And so the next day I come back, they wasn't there. And mind y'all, I had been parking on the street for a week. So I moved into my new place and I had been parking on the street for a week. Not a big deal because I don't go nowhere, no way. So I just kept my car parked at the spot that it was parked at because my new place has limited parking. It's only street parking and motherfuckers out here got several cars. So they just be parking their little asses wherever they want to park their little asses. You know what I'm saying? 
So, um, yeah. So, all that to say, that was my little story about me getting my parking spot. Soon as I got my parking spot, though, I instantly, instantly liked my apartment more. And it was just a parking spot. And I didn't hate my apartment before. I wasn't over it. But the fact that this parking spot was becoming an issue, because I had been trying to figure it out for four weeks at this point, was an issue, was really bothering me. Because we pay too much money in rent out here in California, okay? Way too much money, okay? I pay over two Gs for rent. Over two Gs for rent. And I, it, it, I was like, I can't wait to fucking move because this parking is ridiculous. As soon as I got my parking fixed, I was like, oh my God, I love my little apartment. She's so nice. It's so cute. It's quiet. It got kids. So in that moment, I was like, damn, Helen, the simple things just make you happy. And I said, bitch, there go our topic. <laughs> there go episode one right there. And so, yeah. That's how we got episode one about simple things being a topic because the parking spot was figuring me out. It was very simple. It was just a matter of communicating, figuring out wherever the fuck things were supposed to be and getting it done. You know what I'm saying? So bada bing, bada boom. And then when I was thinking about that, like along that train of thought of things being simple and that really making me happy, I, I had another moment where I was like, holy shit. The fact that I was able to get notified or become aware that my rent was going up over $200. And then that same week, find a new apartment, sign a new lease, and make plans to move all in a matter of honestly three days, 72 hours, blew my mind once I sat down and reflected. And I was like, the this, and it wasn't simple in the grand scheme of things, but in the, in the essence of me just knowing that I had the funds, I had the resources, I had the tools to make this shit happen as fast as I wanted to make it happen. And then I did make it happen. I was like, the simplicity of just having the brain power, the will, the drive, you know, to want to get shit done is, is, is amazing. It's beautiful because I'm surrounded and I'm pretty sure y'all are surrounded or have seen so many people that get overwhelmed by the simple things. They get overwhelmed by rejection. They get overwhelmed by change. They get overwhelmed by almost anything. So... For me to take on this huge shift because I didn't want to move. I was really set in my mind that I was going to be in my last apartment until I found property. And then to have to move because rent increased uh, fucked up my whole little spirit. But we made it happen. And I was like, holy shit, Helen. Girl, like, when you out here putting your mind to it, you really make some shit happen. Like, we, we, we do the goddamn thing. And just, again... It, it was just a moment of real reflection and real, real, um, fuck, what's the word? You know, just like, damn, girl, the simplicity of being able to live life, like, to live in California and to be able to maintain a roof over my head with, with a job that pays me well, with family that doesn't live centralized, really, like, I did it. And if 14 or 15 year old Helen would have known that I would be out here in California being able to adult for real wholeheartedly and just be great, you would have fooled the fuck out of me. Okay, I would have I wouldn't have not believed it because I've I've known that I wasn't gonna struggle my whole life. But I would have been a little bit surprised. I would have been a little bit, you know, mm, taken aback. You know what I'm saying? So it it was August was a beautiful month for me. It was a month where I could really reflect. I could really just 
take the time to live life and get invited to so many weddings. Like the simple fact that people loved me enough and appreciated my friendship enough to want to invite me to attend their special day really struck a chord with me as well because for a while when I first moved to California, everyone around me was getting married and they were getting invite, invited to weddings and I was not. And I was like, dang, don't nobody really care about me? I really don't got friends. Like I think I got all these friends because these people always tell me I'm so amazing but no one, is, no one is inviting me to these big events. And baby, I just have to be patient. I just have to take my motherfucking time and live my life and I focus on what people are inviting me to because 2022 gave me too many weddings. Okay, I complained about not being in any weddings and then I got invited to too many where I was like, mm, don't invite me again, which I say that with a grain of salt, please invite me. But like, I would like them to be spaced out because it's, it, mm. but anyways, <laughs> digress, ramble mode. I was very appreciative of simply being a part of people people's lives and making an impact so much that I got to share this moment and time with them. I'm going to be in their family photos. Like, I'm going to be in their conversations when they talk about their wedding. I'm going to be a part of that moment. And that is amazing. And it's so simple to just be invited somewhere and then to show up. I could have said no. I could have thought about my money, which I did think about my pockets quite a bit. But I said, yellow bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can hit by a bus tomorrow and what are we going to do with this money? Not that I'm rich, but what are we going to do with this money that we're trying to hold on to so desperately? Not a goddamn thing because we did. And unless you got a will of trust or a motherfucking, you know, thing set up that says where your money go, when you die, baby, the government take your money. So, <laughs> we hold on to it for what? Rest in peace to my mama, but she taught me that lesson when I was in college and it has stuck with me ever since. But the simple fact that I have made connections with people and have got to experience a bougie wedding, a cultured wedding, a small wedding, you know, a, a destination wedding. Like, I have really, whew, I just want to, I'm not really getting emotional, but it feels like I should get emotional. Okay, let me not be dramatic. It, But for real, y'all, like, I... I grew up with the mindset of quantity over quality of friends because I was so outgoing and I was very friendly. So I just assumed that the more people I had around me, the more uh, friends I had, people could see my worth based off of those around me. And then life happens and life taught me that bitch, don't nobody care who around you except your, your self-esteem, you know, your ego, your personal well-being. And so I had to learn moving to California. California taught me this. I became a woman in California, low-key. Like, I really did grow and become the person I am when I moved to California. And so California friendships taught me that it isn't about quantity, and it really is about quality. So the most simple things that are the most joyous things I get come from the simple things in life which are hanging out with the same five people I've been hanging out with for the past three years my friend group has changed in the seven years I've been in California but the last three or four years I've really been intentional about the people I keep around me I've really been intentional about the energy I keep around me the conversations I have and so I am totally totally happy with the simple friendships that I have. And when I say simple friendships, I mean I know where they stand. I know my role in those relationships. I know their role in those relationships. I know how to move in those authentically without feeling like I owe somebody something or they owe me something or it feeling like a tug of war. You know what I'm saying? Like it's 
the simplicity of always being me in my personal life and in my work life is intense. And when I say intense, I mean, it's a blessing. But for a long time, I thought, <laughs> actually, now that I'm saying this, for a long time, I used to say that I wanted to work on my work personality because I always felt like I was too much. I was unfiltered. I was very, really authentic and Helen. And I felt like that could be a lot at work. And then it took two years and several conversations for people from different people to be like, Helen, you are Helen. And that's why people love you. That's why you get hired. That's why people want you on your team because of what you bring. And you bring so much personality, so much of you to work. That's what we love. And it took me hearing that a few times at work for me to just appreciate how simple it is to make good decisions and choose the right friends because I am moving in a space of just being me. I don't have to be fake. I don't have to have this pretense of being somebody that I'm not or walk around a certain way or talk a certain way or dress a certain way because people are naturally gravitated to me because of who I am. And that's a simple blessing. A lot of people are in this world lost, confused, conforming, trying to find their trying to find their, you know, their way in the world. And they have to be everybody but themselves. And that makes life so much more complicated, in my opinion. And so being able to live my best self, my best life, you know what I'm saying? By being me, that's so simple. I just wake up. I really just fucking wake up and, I, and I'm me. And I make the connections I make. I get the opportunities I'm provided with. I meet the friends, the people, the jobs, the networking that I do from just being me. And that's so simple because it's no effort for me. I just wake the fuck up you know what I'm saying and I really feel for people who don't have that and I feel for the world I feel for America to be honest because America is not a country that supports simplicity America is a country that supports extraness America thrives on chaos if I'm being a thou wow America thrives on chaos which is why I think there's so many chaotic people and there's so many lost people. Because for you to to believe in a simple world, for you to even be, the word is what, minimalistic? And actually minimalistic is becoming a trend. Like, because it's a trend, people want to follow. But when you really don't have these great big ambitions, like my happiness isn't tied to how much money I make. My happiness isn't how much money I have or the designer clothes I own and I don't own any because bitch who who spend I'm not spending $600 on a fucking shirt get the fuck out of here that could be a necklace or a motherfucking car anyways you know my happiness doesn't come from these superficial things or these things that the world is telling us that we need which cost so much money and money takes time to make it takes resources it takes networking like you have to have a fucking source what is that called um Supply. You have to have a supply and there has to be a demand. So to live in a world like America and be simple, you're an outcast, low-key. Like, who is really out here promoting just being what makes you happy? The core of what makes you happy, follow that. Don't don't worry about how much money you make. Don't worry about what you live in. Because at the core, whatever makes you happy at the core, everything else will be second. You know, everything else won't matter as much. Now... It's hard to live by day when we live in America. Am I am I being crazy? Is it just me? Is it it could 
It could be the gin and tonic talking. Let me. Mm -hmm. It could be the gin and tonic. I don't think it is. Okay, y'all. Now that this little big ass ice cube I put in here is melting, the cranberry is not that aggressive. I would never get your cran cranberry flavored gin. I don't. I only got it because the bottle said mom. And ever since my mom passed away, you know, anything that relates to a mother, my ass be on it. So, ooh. There we have it. Um. So. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, life is not complicated. My life has not been complicated. And I feel like I've come from a pretty kind of complicated background. And so I can say from experience, life is what you make it. And if you out here making it extra hard, if you out here making decisions that are adding extra layers to your daily life, to your mental fortitude, then I don't, I don't think you live in a simple life. And simple isn't negative. Like, excuse me. I don't know how many times I'm going to say like, but that's going to be the last time because we ain't got time to keep saying like. I have, I have more words in my vocabulary than like. But we live in a world that tells us that life can be simple, but they show us that life is complicated. They show us that if you have an opinion, someone's going to have another opinion that might quote unquote trump your opinion. So then your opinion is not a right opinion. You have people that want to argue with facts. You have people that want to argue with science. You have people that want to argue with ideology that has been outdated since the fucking 1200 BC time. You know what I'm saying? So we live in a world where we are encouraged to be different. We are encouraged to have our own opinions and we are encouraged to be our own person while simultaneously conforming to what America says is success, what America deems as good, what America deems as bad, what America deems as you being happy, what America deems you as being sad. Like we're told to be different and independent, but also told to be like everyone else, to be like the Joneses that if you are successful, it should look like this. And if you tell me what success should look like, isn't that telling me that success can't look like something else versus success being what makes you happy, what makes you want to get up in the morning and get shit done, what gets, what motivates you, what takes, what drives you, what takes you, what drives you, what does tick you off. These are things that I think we don't spend enough time fucking knowing. Do you know what really pisses you off personally, professionally, spiritually? romantically do you because it's it's been taking me this whole 20 something years i've been on this earth to figure all those things out in steps in stages like it has not just come to me in america y'all can i just <laughs> we really live in a society where you graduate at 18 and we listen scientifically we have we have proven that men boys do not mature as fast as women girls so we are all graduating at the same age, quote unquote, but science has proven that men, most men don't mature at the same rate as women. And so we're all graduating at the same age with the same expectation, although we know men are a little slow, you know, we love y'all, but just a little slow to draw emotional intelligence is hard. And then on top of that, men have been conditioned to not even have emotional intelligence. And that's a whole other conversation. Like, ooh, wait, let's put a pin in that one. But you like that that's a conundrum. 
How are you telling me that men don't mature at the same age as women, but men and women graduate at the same time with the same expectations to go out in the world to be successful? And then on top of that, we live in a world that has stereotypes. So not only are you telling me that we are all going out to the same world with the same education, right? But now throw in motherfucking gender and stereo gender stereotypes, gender biases. In school, you t you taught to be nice to everybody. There are no differences. We're all one and the same. Equality. Woo woo woo. But in the real world, the shit does not float like that. The shit does not crumb. The cookie don't crumble that way in the real world. Okay, it don't. So now we just we just create in confusion from the motherfucking start of us being quote unquote adults. Why are we not teaching? If you find what you love and you go after it, you'll be happy. If money doesn't motivate you, find what motivates you. If food don't motivate you, find what motivates you. There are plenty of people I have heard about and read about that like to be homeless. They don't want a house. They like to be, what are they called? Nomads. There's a whole culture that embraces not having a house, but we have a homeless population out here that has a negative connotation. So what's the truth? Is there homelessness or are we not educating people about what, what, what it means to be nomadic? And if you are nomadic, what tools do you need to be a successful nomad? I know there was a chapter in my history book about nomads. I know that for a fact. I remember the ugly ass picture they put. I know, the, I know nomads looks a little bit better than that. I know they did. But I remember the picture, so thank you. I guess that was the point of the book. I'm also being a little dramatic with this comparison, but y'all know what the fuck I'm trying to say. Do you? Because I think you do. So, life is simple. I don't think we need to make it complicated. I don't think it's complicated. I think America has made it complicated, and I don't know why. But, listen, I have really, 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 like, it's, it's just been a recurring thing in these past few weeks about simple things really just making me happy. My boyfriend has commented in the last few things like, it's really the simple things for you, Helen. And I was like, oh my God, did you know that's like my first episode podcast theme? Because truly, I I want to say because I grew up where, you know, I, <laughs> I feel like to diagnose myself, bitch, I am not a certified fucking psychologist. I have a degree in psychiatry, psychology, excuse me, but I'm, I'm not a psycho psychologist. However, I'm going to diagnose myself and I want to say because my childhood was not as simple, but it was kind of pretty simple. Like my mom made sure we were fed, she made, made sure we were clothed, and she made sure we were loved. And really, I think those are like the three basic things in life that you need to just honestly be a, fun a functioning adult. And so the drama that came with my childhood, though, made it feel more complicated, made it feel like we were... I, like it was always a, a struggle, a war. Like it was never stability or like real stability in my childhood. So I think growing up, I get the happiness from the simple things, stability, being able to pay my bills, being able to, to be an auntie y'all is, is also a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, now <laughs> dealing with they daddies and they mama is a whole different conversation, but that's that's in a different category and it ain't under simple things. But being an auntie, being a friend, being a sister, being a good colleague, like these things all genuinely make me happy. And when I look at, out at the world and I wonder, damn, like why are so many people struggling with themselves? Why are so many people struggling with self-esteem, with happiness and their self-worth? 
And it's because I think our focus isn't on the simple things. Our focus isn't on what genuinely makes us happy, but it's on how does the world perceive us? And are they perceiving us in a way that makes us look successful, that makes us somewhat feel happy, that makes us feel better than we did yesterday about ourselves, even if it's superficial. And I think that's how the world be working. And that shit is, is lame as fuck, okay? It's really lame. And I don't have a solution for it because America is too big for me. All I can say and what I kind of want to wrap this episode up with saying is you really get one life, y'all. Y'all have heard me say this on many shenanigans. You have heard me probably say it in other episodes. But we really only get one life. And if we ourselves make it more complicated than it has to be, we don't get do-overs. You know, we don't get to go back. We don't get to get a second chance. We get one life. And the life that we make is the life that we we have. And I want to say, there's a difference between living life and being alive. Okay, we all are alive. If you breathe in, you're alive. But to really be living life is very different from being alive. And being, being not being alive, but um, living requires you to be active it requires you to be present it requires you to be in the moment to be accountable to be hurt to be vulnerable to be happy to be successful to be living there are so many highs and lows it is a real fucking wave life is not a straight line life is not a circle the bitch go up and down round and round she do what the fuck she want to do and that's what makes it so beautiful that's what makes it so interesting because when you really sit down and think about it Every decision you have made is a result of where you are in some capacity. The life I have created is a result of the decisions I have made these past 27 years of my life. Starting from when I got into school, high school, middle school, that was out of order, <laughs> college, uh, post-college. You know what I'm saying? Every decision I made was intentional in some degree in the sense that I knew that the life I wanted was to not struggle from fucking 10 or 11 I remember thinking I don't want to struggle I don't want to live paycheck to paycheck and I don't want to have to depend on other people to keep me alive and guess what I've done it I've done it I, I didn't know I was doing it until recently <laughs> obviously that's one of the reasons that really made me want to record this episode is that I've really cultivated this life and it's surrounded by simplicity like there's no complicated shit in my life right now uh, and that's a blessing. And I think it's a blessing that we don't take seriously sometimes, that we take it for granted. Or if things are too simple, we're not happy. We feel like we need to have more. We need to do more. We need to be agitated. We need to be upset. We need to have all these high intense emotions. No, and girl, high intense emotions, that's draining. I only need like one of the, one of those. Listen, me watching a good TV show will have my high intense emotions up. Okay, a bitch will cry. I cry at SVU. It's mostly about people, women getting raped men also getting raped but I cry stuff like that I cry at Frozen I've cried at Mulan I cry so I don't have time to live my life highly emotional or highly tense with my emotions at the top and they own 10 on time that's draining as fuck we ain't got time and I really 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 would like to challenge all of my listeners to find the simple things that really make you happy and point out try and be intentional with pointing out all the other things that are simple that make you happy because when we have those hard days I find it very easy to revert back to the simple things that make me happy. And for me, that's honestly smoking a blunt and watching SVU. If I'm super, super upset and I need to calm down, I'm going to call a good friend, write it out, put on some old school music, and dance it out. Legit, I normally am dancing to old school music when I'm really in my feelings because... 
The best way to get out your feelings is to listen to somebody else sing about how you feel and be like, oh, I'm not the only bitch in this world feeling like life is crazy. So, you know, there's options and I want you to be happy. I want you to be loved. I want you to have a great and full life. And you also need to give yourself some credit. You need to give yourself some time back. You need to give yourself time to enjoy being alive. Hello, excuse me. Um, but yeah, I feel like at this point I'm rambling and that was episode one of season four. Oh my God, we made it. And uh, stay tuned because as you know, now that we've gotten the, the ball rolling, baby, there will be more episodes to come. I really, really, really genuinely want to thank everybody that listens to my podcast. I want to thank everyone that has asked about my podcast, if it was coming back. And I really just want to thank y'all for fucking with me because I, to have a transparent moment before we, we end this episode, I really did struggle with my personality in middle school up to high school because I always, I always talked a lot, always, always talked a lot. And I felt like I had this personality where I always wanted quantity over quality of friends. And so for a long time, I didn't know if people liked me because I was pretty, if people liked me because they generally thought I was funny, if people liked me because they just wanted to say they knew me. Because although I wasn't popular, I was friendly enough that I knew almost everybody in my class. But I was insecure and I didn't know if people genuinely liked me because my personality is a lot. If you haven't surmised that from these past three seasons, then thank you. I guess you don't think I'm a lot. And I love that for myself and for you. But I really struggled. So to have a podcast where I can be my authentic self and just talk to myself and then people listen to it and enjoy it and then want to listen more is uh, beautiful. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really, really do genuinely appreciate y'all taking the time to listen to my little ass talk for however long I choose to talk. And um, I'm going to see y'all on the motherfucking flip side. Thank you for being glad y'all gone. She killed a hundred all day long. All day long. If you ain't gon' be honest, then she done.